Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on your Sunday, Football Sunday. The Red Zone channel has begun. Our fantasy days have begun. Your fantasy days have begun. Hopefully we got all that advice to you as quickly as we could before the roster's locked, and hopefully it all works out for you guys as well. Um, still coming up this hour, we've got the Hate It or Love It segment at 1030, which we do every single week. Rashad's on a two-week winning streak, and uh, we'll do that at 1030. And we also have... Uh, the West Coast bias coming up next, which is uh, going to be related or based around one trade with a Western team, which is the San Francisco 49ers. So we will talk trade deadline right here, but we're going to leave the the big Niners trade for the next segment and discuss that. But it was a crazy trade de- trade deadline this week. Normally, you see maybe a deal where there's like a mid range player traded for a draft pick. Uh, not this not this year. We saw a couple of really big-name players get moved at the trade deadline. And I want to start with the Seahawks here. And I know that's West Coasty, but I want to focus on the Niners then. And they acquired Dwayne Brown, the Texans' left tackle who had just returned from holding out for half the season with Houston, and acquired him for a couple of draft picks. They tried to send Jeremy Lane over there, but he failed to physical, so he's going to be back uh, for a couple of pretty high draft picks, a second and a third rounder the next two years. But... I love this trade for the Seahawks because after the last few weeks, the Seahawks have become very obviously uh, a favorite in the NFC again. Russell Wilson looks good on offense. The offensive line is playing a little bit better, but it's still the weak point. It is still the weakness of the team. And Dwayne Brown, despite holding out and all that, is still one of the best offensive tackles in the league. And that helps them so, so much on the offensive line. I think it's a great, great trade by the Seahawks. I think it's an awesome trade by the Seahawks. You know, you really got... Um, really one of the leaders of of that Texans team, you know, to come over to your squad if you're from the Seahawks. Like, yeah, I know it's not a flashy thing because offensive linemen, nobody's really checking for them. But if you're Seattle, you know exactly how much you needed this help. And um, he, it wasn't a thing about him uh, not being able to perform when he was a Texan. He just didn't. He was displeased with leadership. He was displeased with uh, some of the things that have been happening. So he 
you know, you got yourself a good guy. Now, mind you, is he going to be your offensive lineman for the next five years? Probably not. You know, he's already 30, what, 32, maybe 33, somewhere around there. So you got you got about a two, maybe three-year window. But that's a good start because Russell Wilson has been running for his life these last couple of years, and you needed to really do something to shore up that offensive line. Good move, Seahawks. It, it's like almost it's almost as if they were trying to win and they were saying, you know, we could do it without a good offensive line. Yeah, we can get by because Russell Wilson that? can move. And at times it's worked. I mean, they have not had a good line and they still make the playoffs and play well, but Russell Wilson gets hit all the time and hurt all the time. <laughs> and having a good tackle, I think, is going to be really helpful for him. Hopefully he he's able to mesh well with the line. It's always tough when you switch teams that early uh the next name uh, i guess you could argue what the biggest name traded was but uh, i'm gonna say kelvin benjamin was the biggest name traded at the trade deadline he for the last two years has been the guy for cam newton outside of greg olson uh, at the tight end position right he has been really really valuable to cam newton as a deep threat yet this year he's kind of turned into nothing this year, he stopped getting targets. Cam Newton hasn't been having a great year. A lot of his catches have been going to Devin Funches' side. And you thought with the Greg Olson injury, you'd see more to Kelvin Benjamin. You haven't. He caught a touchdown last week, and it was like, whoa, Kelvin Benjamin caught a touchdown last week. And they trade him to the Bills, and he did not play this week because he had just gotten there and wasn't ready with the, with the system yet. But I think this is a great trade for Buffalo because you got rid of Sammy Watkins, and you were going with the Charles Clay, Jordan Matthews receiving core. Uh, your rookie, Zay Jones, was not having a good year uh, to get get a touchdown this week, but uh, was not still not having a very good year. And you need more weapons for Tyrod Taylor, and frankly, the Bills are actually good. They've actually kind of figured it out. And getting a guy like Kelvin Benjamin, I think, is going to be beneficial because he'll actually get targets from Tyrod Taylor. Well, especially when you lose a Sammy Watkins, you know, the, the, for a long time it was – or not for a long time, but for a couple of weeks it was, what are we going to do uh, without this guy? And mind you, Watkins wasn't there all the time, you know, hurt for a lot of his career. But when he was there, he was effective. And we can say the same thing for Kelvin Benjamin. He was hurt for a little bit of his career. Um, this is only really year four for him at this point. And so um, – Year year one was awesome. Year two, he was out. Uh, this so this is year three. This is his third year. Is this it? This is Kelvin's third year, right? I'll double check. This is his fourth. He he missed. So he had the 2014 season, 2015 their Super Bowl run. That's his ACL tear year. And he came 2016. Back last year. So, yeah, yeah, so this, he, is, this is his fourth season. Uh, that's a big get for for this team. Only my only concern is um, the Bills historically haven't been a great offensive franchise they've been really good on defense but offensively they've never really been able to figure it out my you know fear for him is that he goes somewhere and really gets lost in the sauce of, of what they're doing in buffalo well i'll tell you what the 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 bills media in buffalo is not sold on this trade they don't they're, they're not sold on the fact that kelvin benjamin's a uh, number one um they're not sold based on a lot of aspects uh but it, it's really right now um, I think it's a great trade for Buffalo, uh, but right now a lot of Buffalo fans, a lot of the Buffalo media, very skeptical as to whether it will come in and and really help the team. I I honestly think this is going to be could be team changing. It, it could be team changing. It, it's going to be great for uh, Tyrod. It's going to be great for Benjamin. I think because um, it, it's giving Tyrod something that he really hasn't had, and that is. 
Um, not just, I mean, Watkins is a guy that can go and do a lot of things. He can run all the routes and he can catch all, almost all the balls, but he's not physically imposing the way a lot of number one receivers are. Calvin Benjamin is one of the most physically imposing receivers in the league right now. He's right up there with like a guy like Des Bryant who can just go up there and muscle his way to a catch. And you think about what Tyrod Taylor likes to do. He likes to throw it down the field and let guys go up and get the ball. That's what Kelvin Benjamin likes yeah. to do. So go up and get I, I got to say to the Bills fans, hey, man, you're the Bills. Be humble. Chill. Well, like, I mean, like, I, I mean. Bills fans are are notoriously skeptical of everything I, I, because they don't think their team's ever going to be good Yeah, again. that's what I'm saying. But now this is this is a situation where you got a good player, you know, in, in this trade, man. You, take it for what it is. Be humble. Chill. Thanks, Kendrick. Tyler Higby. Sit down. Be humble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the final one before we get to the Niners trade is Jay Ajayi going from Miami to Philadelphia. The Dolphins reportedly had kind of thought Jay Ajayi's best years were behind him. They thought that the knee injury from back in college at Boise State was affecting him more and more, and he was getting weaker and weaker running the football. Um, I did not like this trade. Whether or not you believe Jay Ajayi is, is getting worse that's fine. But like the Dolphins, I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. The Dolphins have players who should be good, right? Now remember Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback when he comes back from his knee injury. He's not the best quarterback, but he's certainly better than a lot of other guys in the league. Um, you've got a couple of good young receivers in Jarvis Landry and, and Devontae Parker. Um, you've got a good defense. And I frankly thought you had a good young running back in Jay Ajayi. So I don't get, I know they're having a bad year, but I don't get, throwing away a good player for a draft pick just because of, of that thought. So I didn't love this trade. I love it for the Eagles just because they got a good player, I thought, but I didn't like it for the Dolphins. No, for the Dolphins, it makes no sense. For the Eagles, it's a come-up is what it is because now uh, you have another running back that's going to be able to catch the ball out of the, out the backfield or the only running back because really that's not what LeGarrette Blunt does well. I'm not saying he's going to come in and take LeGarrette's spot. I think they're going to share duties. But now you've got a guy who can uh, is, is number one is a really good pass blocker. That's the one thing people don't really say about JHI. He's actually a very good pass blocker, and that's only going to help Carson Wentz. But now you're able to run some of those things like screens out of your backfield and key somebody that can make things uh, make things happen from that standpoint. So I love the fact that the team with the best record in the league just got a really good running back to boot. So I mean, if Philly wasn't your pick to win the NFC before, then I think they should be now. All right, coming up next. West Coast bias, the Niners get a quarterback. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had an ear in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. West Coast bias time. What? It's about to say, welcome to West Coast Bias. I'm your host, Rashad Taylor. Somebody's <laughs> been on primetime way too long. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. Don't worry about it. Uh, West Coast Bias time. We're talking the trade deadline. You know, sometimes you got to go to the bathroom. Sometimes. Been there. Sometimes that happens. Um, we left one trade left for this segment, and that is the trade of Jimmy Garoppolo from your Rashad, New England Patriots to the San Francisco 
49ers. This was kind of a, I shouldn't say kind of, this was a shocking trade to me because we've seen Tom Brady look a little bit older this year, right? We've seen kind of the age showing and some of that has to do with injuries, getting hit a lot and offensive line isn't great. They were very high on Jimmy Garoppolo. They did not trade him when the value was higher this off season, right? And the value was very high for Jimmy Garoppolo, whereas now it's, uh, what did they get? A couple of draft picks. It wasn't exactly the best trade um, in terms of return value. And it was, it was very peculiar to me. I just didn't, I didn't understand why the Patriots decided to do it. Now, the only reason I could come up with was they truly thought that Tom Brady can play for another four or five years. Cause right now their backup is Brian Hoyer, who was the old bad starter in San Francisco because also gone Jacoby Brissett to the Colts who apparently they were also high on. So I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm very curious what a Patriots fan has to say about it too. Uh, as a Pats fan, initially we were kind of like, that's the future. That's the franchise right there. But uh, as it kind of sank in, you're, you put it back into context. At least I did. You know, 2014, Jimmy Garoppolo was the 64th overall pick. And you just flip that to possibly the 33rd pick in the NFL draft for this year. You know, think of it in terms of like a, you know, like a car. You know, the, the Patriots didn't drive him much, you know, for three years. And then they, he was reliable when they needed him. Now they're able to kind of, you know, show that the car works and trade up and get something maybe nicer for it. And so that's what you're looking at because obviously at this point you have to go quarterback. Brady's 40, be 41 soon. Like you, you need to go quarterback. And you're looking at a draft this year that, I mean, it, it could involve uh, some guys like the, the Josh Allen and everything, who I'm not super sold on, but, you know, falling to the second round. You know, I've, every team doesn't need a quarterback. And there are guys like Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold and – uh, um, I'm sorry. It was the, the kid from uh, Rudolph, from Rudolph, and uh, Lamar Josh Jackson. Allen. Kid from uh, Oklahoma. I'm spacing right now. Phenomenal game. Oh, um, yeah. Um, oh, Baker Mayfield. Baker, May yeah. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know, so there are some guys that you could possibly go out there and and snag if you're the Pats. So, I mean, you, you flipped a 64th overall pick to possibly a 33rd to 35th overall pick, like. The numbers just say you're probably going to get a better player at that point. I, I just feel like the, this is I I agree once again. This is going back to the the Spock logic here. Your your logic is impeccable, but and then there's the but. Uh, you could have got more. Like yeah. when when you think about a a, a franchise and a team that's just desperate, and a, I mean desperate more than any other team in the league to fill that position in the Cleveland Browns who have more picks than anybody else in the league, multiple first-round picks, and you know they wanted Garoppolo. And then you find out they, they tried to to make a move to get A.J. McCarron, which you're like, oh, no, 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 no. We could have – we got a – which they were trying to send, I believe, a second and a third or a fourth-round pick for A.J. McCarron. You could have got a first-round pick, probably even a third or a fourth along with it to, to move Garoppolo there, in which case you just – you get a little bit more value. And so I wonder – you pulled the trigger so soon in the week. There were still a couple days left in the trade deadline. Should you have shopped him a little bit more? And once again, going back to showing John Lynch, man, nice job. John Lynch made a good move, went out and got a guy like a guy. I mean, we all we talked about this before the show, Rashad. Like the quarterback position is such a gamble, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, like John Elway keeps striking out on these quarterbacks. Um, 
it's just such a gamble when you can get a guy who's at least coming in, come in and played some NFL games and proven he can at least compete at this level. Like you don't get that out of a, out of a college quarterback. So no, you I mean, don't. you and you didn't pay the the first round price tag. And that, to be fair to Garoppolo, you know, uh, when Brady was out, you know, there was two games that he was amazing, two and a half games, where you know he did his thing and it kind of showed that yeah, I am. I'm a really good quarterback in this system, and now I'm looking at a, him going to a Kyle Shanahan and what he might be able to do with that type of offense. Amen. Garoppolo could be next. He doesn't have to wait anymore. Now, you know, with Brady playing as well as he's playing, while he looks older, I think he's still first in the league in, like, passing yards or, or something crazy like that. So as as well as he's, you know, as good as he's been, like, that might be some more waiting. If Brady decides to come back another year, unless he has a Peyton Manning type of fall off, you know, towards the end of his career – like, he could be looking at the clipboard for a while. I think that's what that signals, is that they expect Brady to be back a couple more years at the very least. And, you know, it, once just the the fact that you went out and got a guy who could be a starter, a franchise guy for your team, and you still get, I believe he has one more year on his contract in Garoppolo or whatever, or, or at least the very least you get to run him out for a few games this year and see if you want to give him a decent contract. He's not going to cost as much as Cousins did, and that was the other guy that they were connected to. Like, this was a good move by the, by the 49ers. I think it was a good move as well because what we've seen this year in college is some of the big-name guys don't look as good as we thought they would. Sam Darnold hasn't looked great. Josh Rosen hasn't looked good. He's looked okay, but he's been hurt. There's questions right now about his toughness. Josh Allen in Wyoming's looked awful. Baker Mayfield's looked good, but I don't think a lot of people know if Baker Mayfield's going to turn into a good NFL quarterback. Um, Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State's looked good, but again, kind of similar questions. There's a lot of question marks of guys who we, we expected to be very good and elite options at the top of next year's draft. Well, we also heard the stuff that maybe Sam Darnold wouldn't want to leave USC right away. Maybe he would stay another year. So the Niners, picks. the Niners are saying we don't like or trust these receive these uh, these quarterbacks right now. We do like and trust Jimmy Garoppolo. We can get him for a second-round pick, which we were going to use on a quarterback probably anyway. And now we have a guy who has more experience and has proven that he, in his, what, two, one, two starts, can win and play well. Um, I think it was a very savvy move by John Elway and the Niners. I like it a lot. I don't know when he's going to play, um, but I expect it will be soon because C.J. Beathard's awful. <laughs> and... Um, I think it's supposed to be anticipated week 12. That'll give them, I, their, I believe, their buys week 11. That gives them through the buy to get them kind of familiar with that playbook because it's not supposed to be an easy playbook to just pick up and roll with. Right. So that'll be that'll be super helpful for him. And I, I'm excited to see it. I mean, they don't have a lot of options. Now that Pierre Arson is on the IR and out for the rest of the year, it's not like they have the best group around him. But what you need first is a quarterback. It's that simple. Start you, there. You need that first, and then from there you can move on. And I think that is uh, what the Niners are doing. And I, it's funny because we, we talked about the, the John Lynch hire. We were like, he has no experience doing this. None. And he got hired immediately to be a GM. And so far, I, I'm not going to lie. I, look, I, I'm a little biased because I like him. But he's done a good job. He's you know brought why? in a good head coach. He's brought in now a good quarterback at the trade deadline. He's made some tough decisions, including with Navarro Bowman. I think he's done a good job so far. It's going to be hard to get them back, but I think he's done a good job. I think guys that spend a lot of time um, in the analysis, you know, chair, 
I think they end up having a pretty good idea of what a good idea is, what a bad idea is, and how to really structure your football team. You look at somebody like Steve Kerr, you know, no, no, we want to keep it football, but he's somebody who sat in that analysis chair for a long time before he became uh, what was the uh, GM of the uh, of the Suns and then eventually the head coach over of, of the Golden State Warriors. But, I mean, I think when you look at somebody like John Lynch, we spent a lot of time uh, in the color commentary uh, role kind of seeing, man, that's a bad decision, that's a bad idea, that's a great player. I think it's a little bit easier for you to kind of make that transition because you know what works and you know what, what, what hasn't worked because you've been able to see it. Uh, just an update, by the way, on how Tom Savage is doing. Bad. He's oh. one. He's one for six with ten for ten yards so far. One, one for one for six. But that's not good. No. Oh. He's at least he's spraying the ball hey, around. Hopkins has two targets. Fuller's got two targets. Ellington's got one, and Lamar Miller's got one. Only Hopkins has a catch though. Yeah. And well, one for six. Yeah. You, you got to be able to have some ball placement there. Uh, T. Y. Hilton, forty-five yard touchdown reception. Yeah. Mm. Go, um, go set. <laughs> there's another. Uh, Oh, Alshon Jeffrey also a touchdown reception already for Carson Wentz. Did not see that one coming. Be Eagles. There. All right, coming up next, it is time for Hate It or Love It. We do it every single week. But first, Jesse O. Sports Center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Tom Savage update. Two for nine. <laughs> so we're moving on. Up. Hey, another reception for a negative one yards then. <laughs> but the key, well, no, no, no. Two word. for nine for 13 yards. Uh, oh, two for, oh okay. three yard reception. There. You know you know who caught the second pass? TJ Yates. Quarterback. What? <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> they just signed him like literally on Friday. <laughs> oh, oh, what's this? Oh, oh, is that Tyler Higby again? Oh my God. I, I, I just can't get over how bad the Texans offense looks already. It's like, I, I'm so sad. It's like a whole different team. I, I'm pretty sure Houston just went from like the highest high to the lowest low. And Houston, it made you forget all about JJ Watt being out. You know, yeah. Sean Watson being there just made you forget all about the fact that J.J. Watt was, wasn't playing so far, so it sucks. All right, but. Jesse, uh, explaining quickly, there are rules. Uh, we, we get awarded points for making good points, and that uh, sound you will hear is uh, a Mario sound, so don't be confused and think that you're playing SNES over the radio or something. No, it's just the sound effects for our points. And uh, right there, exactly. So Jesse will ask us a question. We'll each have a minute to answer. The winner at the end gets to host the last segment. That's kind of how we do it. So, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. All right. So, uh, I wrote down a bunch of stuff today. Some of it was based on trades, which you guys covered pretty good there earlier. So, we'll see if we can avoid it. Um, we're going to start first with the Watson injury. Um, obviously, he was kind of, I think, easily running away with the Rookie of the Year award uh, with his place over the last five, six weeks. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, obviously... There's probably going to be another rookie that wins the rookie Offensive Rookie of the Year award. But I would like to state that maybe it's possible that still, despite the fact that he was injured halfway through the season, Watson should still be Rookie of the Year. Love or hate? Hmm. That's a really tough one for me because the way I look at it is there's another player right now 
who is playing exceptionally well despite being a giant idiot apparently this week, and that is Leonard Fournette. And he's a guy who was absolutely demolishing the league as a rookie, as a running back in Jacksonville. And as long as he stays healthy and out of trouble, he'll be on the field for a majority of their games. And that will be the guy I think who could take it away from Deshaun Watson because of Deshaun Watson's injury. Now, Deshaun Watson was incredible, right? But what has he played for now? Eight weeks of a whole season? We take MVPs away for people missing time. So we, of course you're gonna take a Rookie of the Year award away for people missing time. And the other thing about Deshaun Watson is the Texans didn't win all the games that he was playing or that they were playing when he was playing well. They just didn't, they didn't win. Um, the Jaguars are good. And I give Leonard Fournette a lot of credit for that. And I think he could be a guy who could steal the Rookie of the Year away for sure from Deshaun Watson. Uh, I I love that he should still get it just because, um, you know, he's got 19 touchdowns. He's on he's on pace, and it's only week nine uh, to break the rookie touchdown in a season record. Um, I was talking to Jesse a little before the show. He's going to have Madden numbers. You know, your first season in Madden with your created quarterback, you usually throw about 35 touchdowns. He's already got 19, and he's a little over halfway through the season up until now, and he didn't play the first game, first game and a half of the season. He's been that good. Um, he had the number of touchdowns that Mariota had in his entire rookie season, and he's only made it through halfway of the season and didn't start the season as a, as the quarterback. But if there's any other guy that should win Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's leading the NFL right now in rushing. Uh, you have a team. Another good choice. Yeah, you have a team that's actually thriving because of him. The way he did the Patriots in the first game of the season was just genius. And the fact that he's only going to get better. Uh, he can catch balls out of the backfield. He can beat you deep. So if there's any other person that should get that offensive rookie of the year, I think it should be Kareem Hunt. But if, at this point, I still think it's Deshaun Watson's to lose. All right, good start. Point update, 4-3. Rashad. Okay. After that first round. So um we're really close there. I like the Rolling. point update. That makes me know what I need to do. There we go. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll try adding that in if I can remember. Um we're gonna stick around in Houston now. I thought this was kind of interesting. Now, um, you made an interesting point where they didn't win all of their games with Deshaun Watson there, uh, Rashad. Love or hate. Ah, God, come on, you gotta catch that. Love or hate. Without Deshaun Watson and with Tom Savage at the controls, Houston will not win another game this season. Uh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a lot claim. of games left to not win. Uh, I'll say hate because even the Browns won a game last year, and they were worse than this Texans team is right now. Uh, the rest of the schedule at the Rams, home versus the Cardinals, at Baltimore, at Tennessee, home versus San Francisco, at Jacksonville, home versus the Steelers and at Indy. I see two or three possible wins in there. The thing about the Texans that I like a lot is even though Savage is bad, they've still got good players. I still like Lamar Miller and Dante Foreman as running back combo. I still like DeAndre Hopkins at the receiver spot with Will Fuller. They're doing a good job. Um, and the defense is not bad. Obviously, they're they're hurting. They've got injuries, but they, they have a really solid defense in terms of players still. It's just really hard to lose all your games. I mean... The Browns might do it again this year, and we and that's a whole other story, but it's it's really hard to do that in the NFL. We are completely fooled every single week by games that we expect are going to be obvious wins for one team and they just don't show up or the other team shows up. These guys are all players in the NFL for a reason. They are all very good players in this league. There's no bad player in the NFL. 
Uh, they're all the best players in college football now playing together in the NFL. That's just how it goes. So, no, they will not lose the rest of their games. I uh, hate that they'll lose the rest of their games. Uh, I don't see as many wins as Lynch sees, though. They're losing to the, currently to the Colts. I don't think they'll beat the Rams. I don't know. Uh, they may beat the, uh, the Cardinals. Not sure about the Ravens. The one win on here that I can probably say is San Francisco, and who knows what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback for them at that point. Uh, the Jaguars is no longer a walk. They're going to probably work you out on defense. And then you have the Steelers and the Colts to end the season. So I'm not looking at this as like as, as an opportunity for them to, to really do much of anything at this point. You know, the Texans went as Deshaun Watson has been able to go. And then you talk about no J.J. Watt on the defensive end, so now Devian Clowney has to really pick up a lot of the slack. So he's been double teamed a lot of the time. Watson played much better than he has in each of his first three seasons. Now everybody has a can key in on him because J.J. Watt is not there. And I think that's only going to you know, make things tougher for the offense. Uh, if with without being able to throw the ball, Lamar Miller is, Lamar Miller is going to get a lot of those touches. That might be a problem for the run game because now you know where the ball is going to go. They become very predictable at that point. So I think they'll win a couple games. I don't see any more than three, though. All right, point update. Lynch, you jumped out into the lead. You got nice. a two-point lead now. Um, by the way, Jonathan Stewart, two fumbles lost already. So Ouch. apologies to the so person that we told yeah, us. Yeah, we did not expect Players that one up, coming. Um, ouch. Uh, Third and 17 for the Texans because things are going well for them. <laughs> At least they're past midfield. All right. Well, Denver Broncos, my and Lynch's Denver Broncos, um, have not been very good uh, since what week week four week three something like that basically it feels like for three years now it's been and such a long couple of weeks it's it's been a long time I'm starting to get uh, settled in for the long haul of the season and the possibility that oh my gosh Evans just went down and all right uh, and uh, it's the long haul of the season it's possible Denver is uh, gonna be picking high in this draft maybe Having a that might be a nice nice thing to might be, be a single digit pick in this draft and coming if up. If we're being honest, that might be a really positive thing <laughs> because be. they have a good team still. They just need a little. I mean, they have a good team, and then they're gonna have one bad year to get a good pick. That might be like just like a great player to add to a good team. Yeah, we might be able to get a couple pieces. So with that being said, with the just looks a like Osweiler threw a pick by the way. <laughs> we just we have a couple holes here, um, love or hate. Denver will be in the market for a co- uh, for another quarterback come draft day. Love. I love it. People are saying Paxton Lynch is not playing right now because of a shoulder injury. That might be partially true, but I kind of don't buy it because Paxton Lynch hasn't been ready to play since he was drafted. They traded up to get him. They knew he was going to be a project, but he has not been a project that has gotten an A grade. He's a project that's right now in the D grade area, middling around the C area. It's just not working out. Um, I did mention last segment that I'm a little bit nervous about the quarterbacks coming out of the class this year. However, I don't mind Denver taking another one because it's just not working right now. None of the guys are working. You thought Trevor Simeon was a good placeholder. (laughs) That was false. Brock Osweiler, you got in a trade just to get some help. He just threw a pick. That was almost returned for a touchdown, and Paxton Lynch is not working out. Go get a quarterback. Go do what the Patriots do. The Patriots draft a quarterback every year, it feels like. They don't need a quarterback every year, but they draft one. If you don't like them, you could trade them. Because guess what? A lot of teams need quarterbacks that are at least a little bit above average. So go get a quarterback. I think they'll definitely be in the market for one. They've got some other issues like offensive lines, a big weakness for them as well. But I think uh, quarterback will be one so love. 
Um, love. Uh, this looks like a class that people continue to say is one of the best quarterback classes you've seen since John Elway. So you have an opportunity to go out there and, and possibly snag a Rosen, possibly snag uh, a Sam Darnold if he decides to come out. So I think you guys are definitely in the market. And I say you guys because Lynch and Jesse are the resident Bronco fans here. And I think you, uh, you have a, a great opportunity to go out there and really snag one of those guys. The only thing is I just don't know if um, – I don't know if I think you're going to lose games, but I don't know if you're going to be that bad to where you're going to be in a position to to get that pick. Like while you're bad or worse than you've been in a while, um, you're still not the Browns. Uh, you're still not. Well, the, the the Bengals are finally starting to you know show something. So you're a bad team. You're not a terrible team. And I think that's if anything, that's what's going to keep you out of the running of getting one of those top guys. I'm caught in a rock in a hard place right now because Carson Wentz just threw a second touchdown, but it's against my team. <laughs> <laughs> you want to root, but it's like, man, yes, I was fantasy, like, no I was team. like, yes, touchdown. Oh, no, wait. It's 17-3, Philly. Okay. Well, Wentz is the real deal. Yeah, and the Broncos are not. So I don't feel too bad with being a little excited. About now, I, I, yeah, at some point, you know, the defense just kind of loses some of its heart when you don't get anything from your offense. It's, you know, it might start out with some, you know, with the normal no-fly zone, but once you see that it's going to be Brock throwing picks and – receivers not catching balls and just bad play after bad play. You just kind of give up on as a defense. And uh, like I said, I'm just kind of settling in for that long haul now. Um, with that being said, this week's winner, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't even close. It was like a three-point victory. <laughs> Mike Lynch. I feel like Rashad was can't, giving it to me. This can't week. win them all. I feel like he was done winning after two weeks and wanted to... Uh, Wanted to give me a win. Do something for the homie, man. It's for you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll figure it out. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It's depressing watching Tom Savage throw the football. Especially because Deshaun Watson was so good. And now it's like, huh. I mean, it doesn't help that I have Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins on my fantasy team. And I'm, I have the most points scored in the league, yet I'm four and four. So, you know, that's how my year's going. And I'm about to lose two players. So where do you stand now in your league? In terms of like standings? Yes. Um, I'll double check that for you right now. I am currently in fifth place. There are one, two, three, four people who are four and four, two people who are five and three, two people who are three and five. So it's very packed in the middle. Good parody. Um, first place is seven and one, but they're very lucky. They've got like almost the least points scored and they keep winning. It's insane. What about you, Jesse? Um, well, I told you about uh, my situation on Thursday. I had a seven and one record. And you should woke tell up the listeners, to... though, because it's pretty freaking hilarious, If even though it's depressing. All right. Me. Yeah, I'll tell them. Okay, so the worst day I've ever had in fantasy uh, came on Thursday. I woke up, and I, the first thing I do is I typically check my fantasy team, my lineup, activity, um, see if anybody was dropped that I want to pick up, make a claim for, any of that kind of stuff. So I look, and I go, what's what my record's different it went from seven and one down to six and two apparently espn decided two days after finalizing the scorings that they didn't do something right 
changed a uh, one-tenth of a point victory to a 1.9 point loss for me, so my record changed to six and two. That's never fun. Never I've, fun. I've been the beneficiary of a Thursday stat correction before, and it is soul-crushing to the person on the other side. Just just unfair. Unfair. You did it wrong. That it, It's just like the NFL going back and be like, no, never mind. We're going to give you that touchdown and that win. Like, it's just, it's weird. So that happened, and then I was like, whatever. So I've been working on a trade. Um, I had good depth. I had Tom Brady. I had Deshaun Watson. And I even had Andrew Luck kind of sitting there in my um, my IR spot thinking that he'll eventually come back late in the season since they hadn't put him on IR and they didn't start him up on the pup list. So I roll out the trade for Lamar Miller and Chris Thompson for Tom Brady. And then I get an hour later, I find out Andrew Luck is going on IR. And then an hour after that, I find out Watson has a bum knee, and then an hour after that, I found his ACL is torn. So I have literally no quarterback, and I have to go and find and the, the guy you just acquired is now not as good because Deshaun Watson's gone. exactly Lamar Miller's rising stock just plummeted. I mean, plummeted. So all of a sudden, that trade's not looking good. I don't have a quarterback. I literally don't have a quarterback. I went from having two top five quarterbacks to no quarterbacks whatsoever. So kind of throw up the, my arms there. I'm like, okay, let's go check out the waiver wire. I have Eli Manning, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Case Keenum, uh, C.J. Beathard out there. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, not even the red rifle Andy Dalton's on our gosh darn waiver wire. So um, I move on from there, and I pick up Jacoby Brissett, who thankfully has played admirably so far today. He's, he's been okay this year so far. Right? Yeah, he's been playing okay. But, I mean, on top of that, so then I have Kelvin Benjamin, um, who he was one of the few players this week that I didn't have on a buy who was traded two days before his team was going to play. So they decided to inact, uh, he's inactive now. So I have to like, literally I have everybody on my roster now that's not either on a buy or hurt is in my lineup. Um, cause week nine buys were like, I had like eight, nine There's players a on a buy there. this week. Yeah. Um, so then we go into Thursday night, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't have Kevin Benjamin now. Um, the, hopefully the Buffalo D plays well. Nope, that didn't happen. They finished uh, with, what, zero? Uh, uh, I actually got three in our league the way we played. But, yes, in our radio league, I also played them, zero points. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, at least I got Austin Severian Jenkins going against a good matchup. Touchdown taken away for probably one of the worst offensive pass interference calls I've ever seen. So that just kind of rounded out my Thursday. I ended up losing all of my quarterbacks. I like I lost a game that I already had won. It just worst fantasy day I've ever had. Ever. Well, at least you're still six and two, Jesse. Right? I am six <laughs> and two. And you know what? At my, least you've put yourself in a position to be in the playoffs. One of the other even guys if you've in our, had these issues. So one of the other guys in our league, he's like, Well, at least there's a little more parody now. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm like, that 184 points that I dropped earlier in the season, you take 20 points away from the quarterback position. So only 164 at that point. He's just kind of like, whatever. I still have, like... You need better people in this league. You just dominate it. Um, well, I did a good job drafting in our league as well. It's just, uh, I, I do a good job in the top end of my draft. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, the back end, I go with so many um, lottery-style picks that my depth end up ends I'm convinced up that you're great. playing with, like, 12-year-olds. I am not. You came hey, when we were drafting um, at, what what was it, Punchbowl Social? Yes. Is that where we, um, great place. That was an awesome draft, by the way, at the Punchbowl Social. Lots of room and everything. Uh, you came over and you said, how the heck did you get all those players? And that was like round eight, nine. They I, were drunk. You were putting something. Whatever, dude. I was drinking just like everybody drinks. else. I was in Jesse's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I. The only pick that you much. can really be like, ah, it was the, 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 um, For gore me? one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you were on air. On when air, you made the, the panic pick. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. 
Like, I give you a pass for that pick for sure because that's just bad situation. And can we be honest? Frank Gore hasn't been that bad. No, he's been all right. He's getting like eight points a game, although in this league, and if you guys are listening out there who, who are in our league, somebody dropped Ezekiel Elliott, who somebody, namely me, very quickly picked up in his in his lineup today because I lost Le'Veon Bell at the bye. So I've got Zeke Elliott starting today, even if he's done for the next six weeks. I don't care. I wouldn't picked up Josh Gordon on waiver wires. Now, mind you, I don't think he's going to do anything this season, but I have a friend who's like a huge Josh Gordon fan, so I'm going to just use it as, as bait. I've thought about it. I've been trying to figure out how to make it work, but, you know, I got one of those, since we're in a keeper leagues, there's just one of those things where you're balancing, uh, like, potential in the future with uh, what you can do right now. And so there's a lot of back-end talent on my roster that I'm like, I just can't give up on them because, you know, one thing about our Keeper League is we get a, a keep of various numbers of players. You can keep two or you can keep five, depending on the value of the player, basically. And so with rookies, if they don't perform necessarily in their rookie year, they got a, you know, a lot of value going forward. So I have guys on my roster like Mike, um, Mike Wallace and uh, Corey Davis and um, Cooper Cup, which he's been usable, but I mean, you know, D.D. Uh, Westbrook. So a lot of rookies were who might be good in the future. Uh, exactly. And, you know, D.D. Westbrook actually might have a good second half of the season when they bring him back. He's supposed to be back next week. And that guy was really good preseason. All right. We got to get going here. We are leading you into the pregame for the Seahawks and the Redskins. Uh, so 11 o'clock pregame and 120-ish kick there. Uh, Seattle again hosting, so they're at home once again, which is a positive for them. And honestly, it looks like they should get a pretty easy win as uh, the Redskins are hurt like every one of them. <laughs> they're all hurt. And Kirk Cousins has no offensive line, and now they've got nobody else, and it's just not looking very good. Uh, so next week, we will be on... 8 to 9.30 in the morning. It is an early week for us next Ugh, week. Word. Seahawks have a Thursday game. Screw you, Seahawks. So we will be on early on Thursday. And the following week, we will likely be on early again, 8 to 9.30, as the Seahawks have a Monday game. So two straight 8 to 9.30s coming up uh, in the next two shows. So keep an eye on that. Uh, the only show still that we're scheduled to miss would be Sunday, December 10th, unless they flex the Seahawks as they've had a lot of afternoon games so far this year. So 8 to 9.30 next week, 8 to 9.30 the week after that. And then uh, I'll be gone the week after that for Thanksgiving like I always am. So Rashad and Jesse hold down the fort for that one. So 8 to 9.30, two weeks in a row. Make sure you're there. We will have our fantasy scramble just a little bit earlier in the day. So if you're listening now and, and, and partake in that, make sure you listen. All right, we got to go and uh, enjoy the sales. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.